It just checks every darn box. Do I want to be supremely healthy? Let's go plant-based. Do I want to be perform at the best possible level so I can recover faster, so I can reach my ideal weight, so I can fight off oxidative stress, all that? Yes, it checks that box. Do I want to truly be a good steward to planet Earth and be a environmentalist and not just uh, an environmentalist that doesn't know that the number one contributor of greenhouse gas emissions is, is eating animals? Yes. And then lastly, you know, do I want to be kind and compassionate with these other, uh, you know, sentient beings? And the answer is yes. So I've got a very firm stake in the ground, a hard line for uh, all things plant-based. Welcome to the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. We are Jess and BJ, and we're committed to bringing meaningful conversations to the endurance sports world. This podcast is going on five years strong, and we want to thank our Patreon community for making their pledges and commitment to keeping the YTP and Awake Athlete Podcasts commercial-free. This uninterrupted stream is because of them. Thank you. We are grateful. Today's guest is none other than the plant-strong Rip Esselstyn. Our friend and repeat YTP guest, Nicole DeBoom, brought us together, and we feel so blessed that Rip jumped on board for this community. He's been living the plant-strong life since the 1980s and spent a decade as a top-level professional triathlete. He helped change, if not save, the lives of his mates at the now-famous Engine 2 Firehouse in Austin, Texas, by introducing a plant-based challenge, and then went on to write a national best-selling book, The Engine 2 Diet. This was the first of several books Rip would go on to write. The Engine 2 story was prominently featured in the documentary Forks Over Knives, which had a profound effect on our transition to a plant-based diet almost 10 years ago. Rip is an executive producer on the myth-shattering documentary Game Changers. He is the host of the Plant Strong podcast, the creator of the Plant Strong food line. He's a husband, dad, and major inspiration for living a heart attack-proof life. I could go on and on, but let's just hear from the legend himself, Rip. Wow. We are so honored. Thank you and welcome to the show. I think we should just call it. That was like a great intro and it was great to meet you guys. Let's call it good. <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> Showtime. No, yeah. It's, listen, it's great to be on board uh, with the, the Yogi Triathlete. I had no idea you guys were going on five years strong. That's, that's great. Yeah, you guys, yeah. Were, you guys were one of the early ones doing podcasts. Oh my God. Yeah. I spent many hours sitting at my kitchen table trying to figure out how to like plug the microphone in. And then once I did that, like how to get the sound to record, it was, it was quite an up level. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, I've been doing the Plant Strong podcast now for a little over two years. And, and my goal, you know, when I first launched this was to have everyone be live. So I would fly to wherever to do it. And then of course, COVID hit um, in March. And, um, and so I've been doing them, um, virtually like this one here. Um, and it's been nice in that I don't have to get an airplane to go to New York or Portland or wherever. Um, you don't quite have that same, um, chemistry that you would if you're live, but you know what, this is the next best thing and the technology's come so far. And so, um, yeah, here we are. <laughs> yeah, and, we, we and, had the similar hard lines. We mm-hmm. were like, if we can't be in person, if we can't have that face to face, we really didn't want to go that avenue. But yeah, I mean, we, we got to be resourceful, right? We got to go to the next best thing to continue the momentum to have these um, compelling conversations and keep that going. Yeah, exactly. And as you know, it comes with its own host of uh, learning opportunities like we just had <laughs> before we started recording. I know. Yeah, I've done a number of these where <laughs> I've, I've forgotten to p- press play because, well, I'm trying to do it here both. Uh, you have to press play on your audio and then also because we're also doing it visually, right? So I've got the audio and I've also got the um, <clears throat> the YouTube. And so uh, in, invariably I'll forget to press one or the other sometimes and it's like, oh God, I'm going to do that one over again. I got to call the person back and say, hey, can we do a take two? <laughs> Oh my gosh, you know, I think it was like 
episode 12 and we interviewed John Joseph yeah. Uh, yeah. when we were in New York City and I didn't turn the mics on so everything just came through the laptop yeah. and it was... And you couldn't uh, interrupt him, you know, he's just like, no, he's just it's, going. <laughs> it's hard to do that, isn't it? So it's funny you mentioned John Joseph, you know, uh, he was texting with me uh, this morning um, I actually uh, did an Instagram post two days ago where I'm, I'm mountain biking yeah. and I'm wearing these arm warmer sleeves, but the arm warmer sleeves are actually tattoos. Like, uh, you know, I've got a you know, sleeve that's tattooed. And so in my post, I said, now I know what it feels like to be John Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's got a new book coming out too uh, in April. I know. All right. Well, we might have to get him back on the mm-hmm. show. Oh, yeah. So, uh, all right, let's jump into you. You're the star of this show. You are a legend. You had a huge influence on our shift to a plant-based diet because after we saw Forks Over Knives, it was, it was done. Like, we were, we were all in, and admittedly, we did it for performance. We did it, you know, under the influence of yourself, your dad, your mom, uh, Rich Roll, Scott Jurek, you know, all these great athletes that um, were performing at high levels on this on this plant-based diet. So you are just about coming to the end of a seven-day challenge, aren't you? Yeah, I'm so glad that you knew that. So yeah, we launched a national Plant Strong Challenge January 9th. It finishes up, um, gosh, is that today? <laughs> I think it's today. I think it is. We were actually calculating last night. I'm like, I think it's done tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> and, we've, and we've got um, a little over 10,000 people that signed up for it. And so we're kind of holding their hand and helping them through it, you know, the, the best that we can. And we've got daily, um, daily videos and recipes and stuff for people that sign up. And um, we have a great community. This morning I was in a chat room and we were just answering questions for people. Every morning we do a, a live chat with myself and, <clears throat> and some of the other coaches uh, to answer people's questions. And this, is, this isn't like the varsity program, like the seven-day rescue that I wrote, the third book, which is really for people that um, are medically motivated to get after it. This is for people just to kind of get into the lifestyle, eat more plants, less animal products, to get plant strong. Um, and uh, we're not going to be sticklers about uh, you know peanut butter and smoothies and avocados and you know how many nuts are you doing like we are in the seven day rescue. Yeah. Gosh, 10,000 people. How does that feel to be really at the core of that? You've got 10,000 people that are being influenced just in this week alone towards this plant strong life. Yeah. How does that feel for you? Like, how do you process that? Um, well, you know, <clears throat> I haven't really thought about it like that. <laughs> but, you know, uh, our goal was to get 20,000. So it's, you know, we're, we'll, we'll take 10,000, right? <laughs> But like to give you an example, uh, in 2020, we had to pivot because normally we do all these, we do usually three weekend events a year and we do two to three seven day um, medical immersion programs for people. And in in some total, we would typically get um, about 1,200 people to our events over the course of a year. And so we had to pivot with COVID. And so in 2020, we did three virtual events. And in summation with those three, we got 8,000 8, people that paid to, um, to do one of those virtual events. So that was, I mean, how fantastic is that? And the great thing is, is that it's much more accessible now because instead of having to pay for a flight and then pay $800 to go to this weekend event, you get to pay 80 bucks 90 bucks and you stay in your home and now you and your wife and your kids, whoever can, can access it. So it's a win, 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 right? It's a win for us. It's a win for them. And, um, and it's a win for plant-based. So, you know, so anyway, so for, since we got 8,000 in 2020, we're like, okay, if it's a free event, uh, we figure we'll get, you know, closer to 20,000, but Hey, we'll, we'll take it. Right. Um, and that's 10,000 more people that are being exposed to it. So it's good stuff. So tell us why it's so, why is this plant strong life so important for us to welcome in to our, you know, curiosity? 
Well, <clears throat> so I've been doing this now for 30, gosh, almost 30, 30, 34 years, right? And I was just, you know, initially motivated and inspired by my father and his groundbreaking research at the Cleveland Clinic going back to 1984, where he was able to take these walking dead uh, that had been basically given less than a year to live. They had end-stage heart, heart disease. Um, and I saw him put his shoulder to the grindstone and meet with these patients every other week for first five years, right? And they come to his office and he'd weigh them, take their blood pressure, draw their blood. They do a complete lipid panel uh, makeup uh, uh, for them. He would go over every detail of their food, log their food journal for accountability reasons, make sure they're doing it right, because he was not going to let them slip through the cracks under his watch. And he wasn't going to leave it up to a dietitian or a, you know, um, or, or a nurse or anybody. He was like, you know, the, the success or failure of this is going to be directly on my shoulders. And so he knew, or I should say, these initial 22 patients, they knew how much he cared for them, how much he wanted this to succeed. And um, so, I mean, they were with him for some of them 15, 20 years. And now they're, you know, in their 90s and whatever. And now they're, they're passing away, but not from heart disease and not from cancer, which is like, you know, so, so phenomenal. Um, but so to answer your question, so <clears throat> I saw what my father was able to do with these, just the walking dead to bringing them back to life. And so it made me super motivated to do this as well for, for health reasons. And I wasn't so arrogant to think, and this is, I was 23 when he started this. I wasn't so arrogant to think that um, I was bulletproof from heart disease or you know chronic Western disease. My grandfather had his first heart attack at 42, right? At the age of 18, I got my cholesterol tested when I was with the University of Texas, the whole swim, swim team did. And I was uh, in the low 200s at, at 18, right? Now, you know, typically I'm anywhere between 110 and 130 for my total cholesterol. But so I just saw firsthand like what this can do for your, the, the health of your arteries, the health of your, just your whole ecosystem. Um, and then the longer I've been doing this, uh, I've realized, well, obviously perf performance reasons, you know, I fueled myself as a professional triathlete uh, for full time for 10 years. And then as a firefighter, I continue to train for another almost 10 years and compete at a world-class level. So I was doing the, the Maui uh, Xterra, you know, world championships as a pro until 2006 when I was in my early 40s. Uh, and that was, that was a lot of fun. Um, uh, and then, you know, all of a sudden you start realizing, wow, you know, we have this planet that is kind of like burning up. And um, wow, you know, the number one contributor to, um, to global greenhouse gas emissions is animal agriculture. Um, and the fact that, you know, uh, as, a, as a world, we're consuming close to 70 billion animals every year for our insatiable consumption of, you know, of animal protein, which is just prematurely killing us and destroying the planet. So that became much more kind of front and center and important to me as well. And then I started having kids. I've got three kids that are very young. The youngest is six and the oldest is 13. I got married when I was 43. So I waited a long time to find the right woman. And, um, you know, and they, it's funny how much you learn from your kids, but they kept asking like, you know, why, why do we go through the grocery store and, you know, there'd be, on the east side, there's this one that has literally has pig's heads and it's got cow's tongues. And we'd walk past and they'd be like, you know, why, why do people eat aminals? I mean, eating aminals isn't nice. And, and then we'd go home and we'd read them The Big Red Barn and Charlotte's Web and Noah's Ark and, and all these, you know, stories, these kid stories about, um, these farm animals that we love and adore and cherish. And then we turn around and we're eating them and we're slaughtering them by the billions. Uh, it just, it, it doesn't resonate or connect truly when you think about it 
with our values as kind and compassionate people. Um, so to answer your que- question, Jess, it just checks every darn box. Do I want to be supremely healthy? Let's go plant-based. Do I want to be perform at the best possible level so I re- can recover faster, so I can reach my ideal weight, so I can fight off oxidative stress, um, all that? Yes, it checks that box. Do I want to truly be a good steward to planet Earth? And be a environmentalist, and not just you know a uh, uh, an environmentalist that doesn't know that the number one contributor of greenhouse gas emissions is is eating animals. Yes, and then lastly, you know, do I want to be kind and compassionate with these other uh, you know sentient beings? And the answer is yes. So um, I've got a very firm stake in the ground, a hard line, a hard line for uh, all things plant based. Um, and so that is what, you know, I'm trying to do anything I can to get as many people possible to realize the benefits of eating plant-based. And typically I find that if you can get them to do it for selfish reasons, like to be healthy and heart attack proof and to fend off, um, you know, the major cancers and type two diabetes, that's now, you know, becoming a pandemic in in and of itself, um, then maybe that's the first step to getting people into plant-based. And then the, the, they're longer that they're exposed to this lifestyle, maybe they'll connect all the dots and get to where we are. Um, but this to me, um, plant-based nutrition is the silver bullet to me that, that is the answer to like half a dozen of the uh, issues that are plaguing this planet right now. I mean, look at the number one issue right now, for example, COVID, right? I mean, it's a zoonotic pandemic caused basically of our own making from eating animals. Um, you know, Dr. Michael Greger's new book, um, How to, oh God, it's, what is it? How to Stop a Pandemic or something like that. I, mm-hmm. I'm spacing on the name right now. But he goes like really in detail um, about... Um, you know, the, the different plagues that have plagued us since like 1918. And almost every one of them is a zoonotic plague caused from eating animals. And, and, and it's unfortunate that the media, the media is not like connecting the dots and letting people know this. And, you know, of course, you've got, um, you know, people saying, um, you know, this was fabricated in a laboratory in China and stuff like that. Um, you know, I'm dubious about that. So um, I think it's, it's, it's much more kind of simple and not as diabolical. <laughs> but I think we want to catastrophize that. I think it's easier to catastrophize um, yeah. how we eat, right? Because you've got to take ownership of your health. I mean, you took ownership of it, right? You were like, okay, well, I want to feel better. I want to, this, is, this makes sense to me. Let's do it. And what we find or what I experience is that it's just easy to just put the blame or put the or shift it elsewhere so that you don't have to be responsible for yeah. the food that goes in your body. You so, know what? It's it it's so funny you say that because you know, if I had a nickel for every time somebody said, you know, my high my, I got high blood pressure, it's genetic. I've got high cholesterol, it's genetic, right? They're putting it on their their genes, their parents. It's their fault. Whereas I think you and I both know that the fault lies with the bacon and the eggs, the ham and cheese, the steaks, the french fries, the milkshakes, the ding-dongs, the donuts, the fast food restaurants. That is what's doing it. It's not the genes, right? I mean, yes, you know, genes are responsible for something, but um, anybody... Except for maybe 1% of the population that has something called familial hypocholesterolemia, and they have a total cholesterol that's like in the 500s to 1,000s. Most Americans, it's somewhere between 200 to 300, and it's not familial. It's not genetic. It's basically, it's the food. It's the food. Yeah, this genetic determinism has a long time ago been proven false, that it's how those genes are expressed. Yeah. <laughs> right? And what we put in us becomes us. Yeah. And the fact is, you know, um, 
Dean Ornish, probably, let's see, we're in 21. So probably 15 years ago did some really great research to show that in as little as three months with this group of um, 50 men, he was able to turn off cancer-promoting genes and turn on cancer-preventing genes. Um, he was also able to show that he could extend what's called the telomeres, which are the end of your chromosomes that are responsible for basically like longevity of life. The first time this has ever been done. Um, so um, it's amazing to me how the longer I, I, that I um, am living this lifestyle, the more reasons there are to eat this way. And I'm not talking about, you know, the environment and the compassion and the sustainability. I'm talking about like, you know, for our bodies, like the telomeres, like the most recent discovery that this wasn't even on the roadmap five years ago <laughs> is the microbiome, right? <laughs> I mean, how many people knew the term microbiome or gut health five, 10 years ago? I can t tell you zero. Even, even Dr. B who wrote Fiber Fueled, it's behind me here. Um, I, I had him on the podcast and I was like, you know, five years ago, he didn't, and he's a gastroenterologist. This is what he specializes in. He didn't even know about the microbiome, right? But, and we're learning that it's all about the prebiotics, which start with fiber, soluble and insoluble fiber that are only found in plants. And now you're basically building a, a fortress of a of a gut, and it's not going to give you leaky gut. It's, you know, we're learning that when you eat all the processed refined foods and animal products, you produce these things called bacteroids. They're really like nasty and inflammatory bacteria. They affect your cravings. They affect your DNA. They affect chronic Western disease expression. Um, it affects um, autoimmune diseases, uh, leaky gut, all these things. So. And then you, and remember that, that like that wall of that, the gut membrane is like one cell thick. And so, you know, there's not too much room for air there, but if you're loading it up for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with all these different diverse whole plant-based foods, you're going to kick some major ass with that. And according to Dr. B, he's like, it's all about the diversity of your whole food, plant-based diet, meaning his goal is I want, I want you to get at least 30 different types of whole plant-based foods into your body every week. It's not hard to do. Just this morning in my breakfast bowl, I had 14 different types of stuff, right? Um, but that's just an example. Um, what that does for your brain health, there's, there's another couple called the Shure's Eyes. Um, doctors Dean and Aisha Shurzai. They are the, um, the co-directors of the Alzheimer's Prevention Program at uh, Loma Linda University. They, they're just coming out with a new book called The 30-Day Alzheimer's Solution. And we're just starting to learn like Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's, stroke, um, how all these things, uh, let me just keep it to Alzheimer's for now and dementia, that these things 95% preventable with a whole food plant-based diet, exercise, keeping your brain engaged, um, sleep, and then uh, rest and relaxation. Um, but they've like, they've got the key to, to basically, if you've got Alzheimer's and that's like in your DNA, like your, your, your parents, your grandparents, even then, it's 95% preventable if you start doing these things right. Now, I think we know, all know that once you get dementia and Alzheimer's, it's a, different, it's a different story, right? They're not saying you can reverse it, but you can do all these things to prevent it. Just like my father with heart disease, right? I mean, if you start eating this way in your teen, when you're a teenager, in your 20s, early 30s, you know, you never have to worry about it. And the cool thing is with my, with my dad, it's also never too, you're never too old to embrace this. He has patients he's working with that are in their 90s that are, you know, halting the angina, starting to reverse the disease. Um, 
So, um, and then diabetes. I, I think <laughs> I've got the book up back there, Mastering Diabetes by uh, Robbie Barbero and uh, Cyrus Cabada. These guys, they both um, have type 1 diabetes and they are magical, masterful in explaining what exactly is going on with type 2 diabetes and how it's not a issue of too much sugar. It's, a, it's an issue of too much fat that's gunking up our cells and not allowing the insulin to deliver the sugar into the cells. It's just, and once you understand how the microbiome, the brain, you know, your gut health, the um, type two diabetes, heart disease, th these are all manifestations of the same underlying issue, which is we're just <laughs> for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, week after week, month after month, year after year, we're basically pounding our bodies with all this contraband. And the body is super resilient, but after about 20, 30 years of basically pummeling it, it goes, I'm done. I can't help you any longer, dude. You know, I gotta like scream out here with a little bit of heart disease and diabetes and maybe a little bit of, uh, you know, cancer because uh, you're just not respecting this body. And the body is so miraculous. Hold that thought. I want you to um, <laughs> say that, Beach. But the body is just so miraculous. And you had talked about people changing their diet later on in their life. You know, my mom went plant-based well into her 80s. Oh. My dad has Parkinson's. And the doctor keeps saying, like, you're doing great. Like, this is so, like, slowly progressing. Like, we, we, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. But nobody's talking about the food. And I'm like, I really think it's the food. I really think because he's eating a primarily plant-based diet at this point because my mom creates his food for him. Yeah. And it's just amazing. So it's like, I know what's happening. Um, so just, you know, keep encouraging them to eat that way. But it's, you know, after being on high blood pressure medication for 30 plus years, she got off of it after like three months. Yeah. In her 80s. I mean, so, <laughs> so we, we, I mentioned it, I think at the top of the podcast that, um, We've been throwing these seven-day medical immersion programs now since 2010, uh, and we started doing them for Whole Food Market's um, sickest team members that they had to medically qualify to attend, but if they, <laughs> if they had a BMI that was over a certain level or they had a cholesterol over a certain level or an LDL, or if they were pre-diabetic or type 2 diabetic or any one of these things, they could qualify and then Whole Foods would pay for them to go to learn how to live this lifestyle. And so since 2010, we've probably had close to 1,800 Whole Food team members come through. And what we discovered, BJ and Jess, is that in just seven days, seven days, people are dropping their cholesterol on average, it's about 25 points, but we have some people that are dropping at 50, 75, 100 points in seven days. We have a medical director there because people have to start getting off their medications, either for diabetes or for blood pressure. Otherwise, their blood sugar is going too low. And so uh, it doesn't surprise me that in just three months, your mother was able to get off all this stuff because I'll bet you if she had done it like really hardcore right, she could have gotten off it in two to three weeks. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's phenomenal what can happen, especially if you're doing it, if you're doing it a hundred percent, like correct. How do you, how do you, um, cause that's a, that's a, that's an all or nothing. Um, it is. Mentality. And, and we love, you know, we love these meats that are, you know, bridging the gap and foods that people can sort of dip their toes in. But, you know, we're also coaches and we understand like you got to trust this process and to make the, the most biggest change in your life, you need to just, you need to dive in and be fearless. Um, how do you balance that with the programs that you work with? The ones, people that sort of have their toes in, they're getting something, but then you've got the people who are like just drooling for this, this change in their life. How do you, how do you navigate that? So, um, <clears throat> yeah, so my first book, which was the Engine 2 diet, I offered two different programs. One was the Fire Cadet and one was the Firefighter. The Firefighter 
was the all in, right? And, and everybody's got a different personality. Mm -hmm. So I wanna give people an option or a choice depending upon what their, um, what their personality is. So if you're one of those that, you know what, I just love to dive into stuff and just like go 100%, you know, go, go high in the kale, then here you go. For 28 days, for on day one, you're diving in and you're doing this 100%. If you're more cautious in nature, then you can do the fire cadet where week by week by week for four weeks, we're weaning you off the animal products and the processed refined foods. Uh, on the seven-day rescue program, that's what I call the varsity program, and it's for people that are really medically motivated, and it's called the seven-day rescue because you are rescuing yourself. Nobody else is. Your doctor's not. Your parents aren't rescuing you. Your friends aren't rescuing. You're rescuing yourself from the, you know, the scourges or the scourges of heart disease, diabetes, whatever it is that's, that's knocking at your door. And so we got to play hardball. You know, we, you, 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 can't, uh, you can't play softball with heart disease or with cancer uh, or, or with diabetes. You got to do it the right way. So, but you look at the challenge we just did, the free challenge. We're just getting people on board to just give it a, uh, you know, give it a test ride. And it's not the, um, the hardcore program. This is just really soft guide, guardrails that we're asking people to follow for the seven days. Um, so, um, I'll tell you this, something is better than nothing. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, this doesn't have to be all or nothing. This can be, this can definitely be all or something. Well, it's building that momentum, right? It's momentum. So, so with our athletes, the ones that, um, you know, struggle to get a workout in, I give them, you know, 15 minutes equals is less than 1% of your day. Do you have less than 1% of your day to do something to keep moving you forward where, and this is why I asked that because the people who are all or nothing, they find that they either need to do the hour workout yeah, or they're not going to do it at all. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're bridging that gap. And I like how you do that. You're meeting, basically you're meeting them where they're at and giving them permission that a little bit of something is okay. Yeah. Um, the thing is food is, food is tricky because um, so many people um, have really a really unhealthy relationship with food and a lot of addictions. Um, you know, people don't like to hear this, but, um, you know, these food manufacturers are loading up these packaged, boxed, and canned foods with so much salt, sugar, and fat that it is... I mean, it, we are, we are, as a society, we're addicted to the salt, sugar, and fat. And, um, they have made these things so hyper palatable that you go back to something that is like a, a banana or a piece of fruit, and that may even not taste good enough for you. Uh, because you're so used to this, you know, those receptors going off like a pinball machine. And uh, it's almost like somebody coming down off, you know, you know, crack or heroin or something like that. Obviously not to that extreme, but, but I think that the, um, the, the analogy is, you know, makes sense. Um, so for those people, especially that we're dealing with that have, you know, they, they binge eat, they just, you know, they, they go to town. If it's in, if it's in their house, it's going to get into their mouth. And so we want to basically create an environment that is conducive to their success, not their, not their downfall. And we try and teach people along these lines that everybody's going to mess up. That, and that's, it's part of the journey, and that's okay. But, and, and then these people, they beat, beat themselves up, and they're like, I can't do this. I just don't have what it takes to do this. And it's like, no, it's okay. Like if you're driving down the road and you get a flat tire, you don't like curse yourself out and then, you know, take a knife and flat the other three, right? I mean, you fix that one and then you go on. So that's what we got to do here as well. But we want to do everything we can so that when you're reaching for a choice, you're reaching for the easy, healthy choice. So you're reaching because you don't have any, you know, Oreos in your house. You're reaching for that apple or that orange or that banana or that cut up honeydew or that cut up cantaloupe, right? That's got um, some 
lemon or lime squeezed on top of it to give it a little, you know, burst of something, something. Um, so we, we try and teach people all these little, these little tricks. And we have a, an online coaching program. It's called Rescue 10X. And it's 10 weeks of the seven-day rescue program. Um, and it's live weekly calls. And we give people the support and that community that they need. But um, it's tricky. No, no, no doubt about it. Trying to find that fine line between, you know, how hard do we push people uh, to be like all in, and then, you know, how much, how much grace, how much grace are we giving everybody? And we want to give people a lot of grace, but we also, we also want accountability, and we want to be stern at the same time because for many of these people, their life is on the line. Yeah, absolutely. What's the first thing that you would guide somebody to take out of their diet as far as animal products? I would say all dairy products, all, all dairy products. <laughs> and, um, and the reason why I'll say is that um, dairy products have the same DNA as animal products. So like the same amount of tip, the same amount of cholesterol, the same amount of saturated fat, the same amount of um, insidiously destructive animal protein, but even exponentially so. So let me explain that. So the problem with a glass of milk or that yogurt or that cheese or that sour cream uh, is that 86% of the protein that's in that dairy product is coming from something called casein, C-A-S-E-I-N. And it's a growth accelerator it was put, put there by the mother cow to grow the baby cow as fast as possible. Remember, that baby cow will go from 60 to 1,000 pounds in less than a year. And it was never meant for human beings. Seriously, it was never meant for human beings. And so we, and we, and, and as human, and we take that, that um, you know, that, those bovine secretions, and then we make it into yogurt and cheese, and we do, 2%, 1% skim and whole milks. And <clears throat> that that casein, that 86% of the protein, Colin Campbell, who wrote the China study, was in Forks Over Knives, br brilliant, brilliant biochemist from Cornell, has said that the number one carcinogen in the American diet is casein. And casein is found <laughs> in dairy products. Uh, you know, and all these people that are doing their Greek yogurts in the morning because they want to get their, you know, all that protein, two times the protein is all over the label. Think of that as you're, you are getting two times the perfect fertilizer that's going to be basically a, creating a, the perfect breeding ground for those cancer, dormant tumor and cancer cells <clears throat> to proliferate. And, um, you know, same thing with the milk, same thing with the cheese, you know, so let's talk about whole milk for a sec. So one glass of whole milk is 150 calories. It's got the same amount of saturated fat as five strips of bacon and the exact same amount of cholesterol. That's one eight ounce glass of whole milk that Americans for the most part think is like you're doing your patriotic duty. By drinking that milk in the morning, you're, you're making your body strong, your bones strong. I want that milk mustache. No, you, re you really don't. And then, and then, so if one eight-ounce glass of whole milk is 150 calories, if you were to take cheddar cheese and melt that cheddar cheese and get eight ounces of cheddar cheese, that's 960 calories. So cheese is just, it's a concentrated source of calories, saturated fat, dietary cholesterol. It is like dairy crack. Cheese is dairy crack. And it's the number one food that most Americans would tell you, I would have the hardest time giving up if you took away my cheese because it's got all that, it's got all that, that salt, it's got all that fat, and it's got casomorphines that are low levels of opiates in it as well. So you got like this, this triple factor that's, um, that's working against you there. So I tell people, cheese does not love you back. You think you're in a loving relationship with food, but it, with cheese, but it does not love you back. 
we have to stop worshiping at the Church of Jesus seven days a week. Um, so stop that milk, stop that cheese, stop that yogurt. And then for people that are just getting started, there are amazing plant-based iterations of all these food, all these plant-based yogurts, all these plant-based cheese. Some are coming from cashew, almonds. You know, some are coming from a lot of canola oil and stuff like that. Um, and then you've got all these plant-based milks from, you know, unsweetened soy, almond, you got oat milk, you got flaxseed milk. Um, I mean, I think there might be 12 different varieties of plant-based milks out there. Yeah. Can we pull on that thread of oil for a moment just because? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because we, we just had the realization, you know, just doing in the research on you and, and the philosophy of removing oil from um, your diet. Like we, we have oil. I mean, Wednesday night we do olive oil with our bread. And um, now that it's in our way, I know. Jess, now that this is Jess, I'm so disappointed in you. It's so good, Rip. <laughs> but then it's all the other things too, like reading the labels, seeing the different kinds of sunflower oil that are in that are already mixed into hummuses and chips and yeah, and all that. Um, can you just share with our audience your perspective on this? Because I know you feel pretty strong about yeah, it. Yeah, I'd love to share share that. Um, so. Mm, I'll pick on olive oil here for a sec, So, since Jess loves it so much. So <laughs> olive oil, to me, truly represents the triumph of marketing over science. If you look at a, the Nutritional Facts panel for olive oil, what you'll see is that it's 120 calories a serving. A serving size is one tablespoon. That one tablespoon contains is 15% saturated fat. It does not contain any vitamins or minerals that are worth speaking about. It has trace amounts of, of vitamin E, but it's a big goose egg next to every one of those. It has no fiber. It has no protein. It has no carbohydrates. And as I just said, little to no vitamins or minerals. So that to me is, is a true definition of empty calories. And also the thing about any oil is that it's the most calorie dense food on the planet at 4,000 calories a pound, 4,000. Next on the list, you got nuts and seeds that are about 3,000 calories a pound. And then way, way down, you've got like your green leafies that are 60 calories a pound. So you got 60 on the low end and then the high end you got oil, all oil that's 4,000 calories a pound. Now, one tablespoon of white sugar is 50 calories. And everybody would agree that white sugar is just empty calories, right? It's bogus. But oil, any oil, 120 calories a tablespoon, that's almost two and a half times the amount of empty calories that are in that white sugar. And it's, and those calories are you know, in a gram of fat, you've got 10 calories per gram. In, in sugar, carbohydrates, you got four calories per gram. Most Americans are unwittingly consuming somewhere between four to five tablespoons of oil a day. So like, like Jess, they're dipping their bread in it. They're making their stir fry with it. They're putting two tablespoons uh, with their salad dressing on top of their salad. They don't even know that it's the second, third, eighth, ninth, and tenth ingredient in their um, pasta sauce um, in the um, in the soup that they're buying. Right? I mean, it's it's everywhere. Uh, it's cheap, and it adds shelf life and all these other things. So we're not a fan. And you think about it: five tablespoons a day. That's almost. That's almost 620 empty calories you're consuming a day. And the RDA for us is about 2,000. For triathletes, most of us are probably getting more like 3,000 to 4,000 in a day. But um, what we prefer you do is get your oils and get your fats from the whole food. So go to the mother source. It takes 38 olives that you have to squeeze the dickens out of to get one tablespoon of olive oil. So that's how many olives, Jess, you would have to consume 
to get the same amount of oil that's in that one tablespoon of olive oil. And so that's one of the reasons why for, for our people that are trying to reverse heart disease, that are trying to become um, insulin sensitive so that their, their sugar can be escorted into their cells, we've got we to like put the brakes on all this unnecessary fat that we are, many of us, unknowingly consuming. And we're doing it thinking, oh, that olive oil is healthy. Oh, that co- coconut oil, that's like the paleo keto trick. No, that, that coconut oil, olive oil is 14, 15% saturated fat. That olive oil is 91% saturated fat. Um, and, um, so just, I mean, go to the whole food source. If you want corn oil, eat corn. And if you want olive oil, have some olives. If you want walnut oil, have some uh, walnuts, flaxseed oil, have some ground flaxseed meal. Um, and you get it right. The list goes on and on and on. And there's so many great ways to cook without oil. Uh, you use parchment paper. When you do stir fries, you start with onions or mushrooms or any of these things, and they're loaded with water. So you don't need to like, uh, put the oil in there. Pancakes, we've got a great, it's called a green pan where we don't even need to, to put any oil in there. If you do, right, if you have a cast iron, then spray it a little bit, rub it out, make that first pancake, and then you can make 10 more without having to use any more oil. So there, there's ways of doing that. Um, but yeah, oil, 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 it's ubiquitous. So that's, is that good enough to pull on that thread? I, I'm I think sold. we're done. I'm oh, sold. No, Dude, but I'm seriously, all in. But seriously, because yeah. I, and I have, you wouldn't believe how many people um, are trying to argue for their limitations. Like, but I'm oh. Greek. I'm Greek. And <laughs> you can't take that away from, from me. This is like, it's part of our tradition. It's part of our culture. And I'm like, I get it. And I know that it's painful to, to, to give that up. But look at, I mean, <laughs> look. You, you might be giving up this, but look what you're gaining. You're gaining so much more, um, especially if you're in a place right now where you're 75 pounds overweight, you're you know, type 2 diabetic, you, uh, you've got um, hypercholesterolemia that's you know, in the low 300s, um, you've got a history of Alzheimer's in your family. I mean, uh, to me, giving up oil... <laughs> Giving up, you know, dead animals, uh, giving up um, baby calf growth fluid and all of its different iterations, it's, it's easy to do. Yeah. You know, and it, letting go of oil is not going to be a hard thing. <laughs> it's just not. So I'm sold. So I'm going to go. I like to go all in. I'm going to go all in, Rip. Um, I've had the information and you just sealed the deal, my friend. Well, good. But um, so what do you think would be the hardest thing about not doing oil? Is it dipping your bread in there? No, nothing. There's nothing. I really don't think there's I think it's the food. I think it's the stuff that's already in food. Yeah. So you got to start reading labels. That's a a real important thing. And we teach people, I have a whole lecture on reading labels and how to read labels. And I learned it from the master, uh, Jeff Novick. Um, But you can look at a label and within literally 15 seconds, you can tell if this this product should go in your basket or if it should stay on the shelf and, and not make its way into your body. Um, but um, yeah, you got, everybody needs to become, I call label reading ninja warriors because nobody, nobody's going to do it for you. And these packages, these boxes, these, these cans, everything about them on the label is screaming, look at me, I'm healthy. I'm all natural. I'm, you know, uh, you know, uh, look at me, look how pretty I am. And, but it's, it's all basically falsehoods and lies. You got to look at the nutritional facts panel. You got to look at how much sodium's in there, how many milligrams are there. We got to look at or how much added sugar's in there. And then we got to look at the ingredients to see how many oils are in there. Are there animal products in there? Um, but that's really it. Just three things. How much sodium's in there? We want to keep that sodium in a one-to-one ratio with the number of calories per serving. Secondly, we want to look at the added sugar. And the, because they have new label reading guidelines now, um, they have to list under sugar how much is added sugar. We used to just have to go to the ingredient list and look and see, you know, were there three ingredients or more in that ingredient list 
coming from sugar, like you know, brown sugar, um, evaporated cane syrup, high fructose corn syrup, maple syrup. You know, there's so many different iterations for sugar. And then the last thing is, you know, what kind of fats are in there? Are there any oils in there? Is it naturally just naturally occurring? All those things. So anyway, that's it in a, in a nutshell. All right. So you just talked about um, lies. And I think there's a lie that you've been very effective at debunking about how manly it is to eat meat products. And so can you talk about being not just plant strong, but being pant strong? <laughs> pant strong and man strong. <laughs> yeah. So um, if you ever saw Forks Over Knives, which you guys did, it came out in, I think, April of 2011. Terry Mason who um, is, a, is a doctor, uh, I think he oversees the Cook County medical community in, outside Chicago. Mm. He actually has a saying in there where he says, you know, the canary in the coal mine for heart disease is erectile dysfunction. It's an underperforming penis. Because, you know, we, we have arteries all over our body. We've got arteries that run up, you know, the carotid runs up to our brain. We have the coronary arteries going into our heart. We have the femoral arteries going down into our legs. And we also have the, the penile artery. And it is one-fifth the size of all our other arteries. So it's the smallest artery, the size of a coffee stirring straw, one millimeter in diameter. That's super small. Whereas our other arteries are about five millimeters. So it's one-fifth the size. And so typically, it gunks up first and foremost with all the cholesterol, the saturated fat, the problematic animal protein. Um, and, it's, and it's one of the reasons why I think the latest numbers I heard that almost 50% of American men over the age of 40 have some sort of erectile dysfunction issues going on. And they're not, they're not physiologic, they're, um, they're not psychological, they're physiological. Um, and that's, but it doesn't surprise me. I mean, we start pounding our bodies with all this, you know, this crap at age two, three, four, and five. So no wonder after four decades, you know, we're having issues with our, our penis performing. So I like to say that the best Viagra, the best natural form of Viagra out there comes from green leafies, beans, whole intact grains, um, you know, all those wonderful, colorful fruits and vegetables that are out there. That's nature's Viagra. And when you do that, you're going to slay the erectile dysfunction dragon, and you're going to allow your puff the magic dragon to roar, right? And it will make you very happy and your loved one very happy. And so you want a plant-based penis. You want, we're talking blue steel. We're talking blue steel. <laughs> I love it. Yep, blue, blue steel. Like, And you saw the game changers, right? You saw what mm -hmm. happened there with Dr. Aaron Spitz and the the experiment uh, that he did with those three college athletes and how the girth of the erections uh, was like, you know, I don't know, I'm going to say like one and a half times greater. The number of erections that they had um, over the course of the evening was like 370% greater. Um, and that was just after going from an animal-based dinner one night to a plant-based deal the next night and how quickly our arteries are affected when you eat um, animal products, animal byproducts, and what, what all those um, inflammatory mediators that are present in those foods, how they have a direct impact on our bodies. Not only instantaneously, but then also chronically over the long haul as well. So um, it's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. So uh, all these years, you've been super active. You're a professional triathlete. You've been uh, a college swimmer. Um, and just recently, you had your first broken bone in the body. Yeah, oh, I did, yeah. How, I, I, I wanted you to touch upon nutrition, but like, how, does that, how did your mindset uh, react to that was there because it seems like you're you do something every day and when you're told you can't really do something like is was there any resistance and, and how did you navigate that yeah you know um so first let, let me backtrack for a sec because 
Um, one of the things that I did um, in, in 2019, uh, right before the Game Changers came out, I was like, you know, I'm going to see if I can get the world record in the 200-meter backstroke for men 55 to 59, right? It was, I think it was a 222 long course meters. You know, world records have to be in long course. And so um, I went for it. I, I, I broke the world record twice within a month. And I was 56 at the time, so I was an, a year older than I, you know, should have been. I should have gone when I was younger, 55. But I just didn't really have that seed planted in my head. But that was that was really cool. Um, but I love the fact that, you know, in my late 50s now, that I go out there every day, and I'm not just working out. I'm like, I'm pushing it as hard as I can. I'm like redlining it. I'm trying to beat these 25-year-olds in, you know, in the master swim practice. And I'm not at all like worried, like, oh, my God, my heart's going to give out or, God, you know, what's going to happen? And I've got a lot of other friends that are my age that are like, oh, my God, I'm just I'm going for my three-mile walks in the morning, you know? So, but you're right. I had a, um, a pretty nasty mountain bike fall where I, uh, I broke my lower fibula. I had to have surgery. I had to have a, a plate and eight pins put in. And I couldn't use that, my right leg, for almost three and a half months. Um, was, you know, on crutches and then a, uh, you name it. I mean, I tried everything. It was so frustrating. But I was only uh, out of the water for one week. And then I went on Amazon and I bought this rubber leg uh, that I could inflate on. And then it would basically create this vacuum. And so literally five days after that surgery, against the doctor's wishes, I, uh, I was in the water swimming. I was doing 75 to 100 pull-ups, not at a time, but in a session. So I was doing, you know, I do 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and then I, you know, go back up. So my body was, wasn't dormant for very long. That's and awesome. for any of those people that are like, oh, my God, you broke a bone because you were plant-based, it's like... If you would have seen the fall that I took, uh, the fact that I only have had a, I'm going to call it a kind of a minor fracture, um, was remarkable and a testament probably to the plant-based diet. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. I love that. Just getting back in the pool, get the inflatable leg and... Well, yeah, yeah, and it's and it's crazy. I mean, after the three and a half months, I couldn't believe what had happened to my right calf. My right calf has always been like the crown jewel of my body. It's it's like you know you know everybody says George Washington, and 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 Rich Roll have like these great calves. I would put my right calf up against George Washington's and Rich Roll's right calf any day. (laughs) (laughs) So as we wrap this up, you just launched uh, your most recent season of the Plant Strong podcast, and you talked about Galileo moments. What's a Galileo moment? Or maybe you can give us an example of one that you've had. Yeah. So, um, you know, back in the, I think it was 1612, Galileo, he had that telescope and he put it up and he discovered that there were these moons that were going around another planet. And at the time, the Catholic Church was convinced that the Earth was the center of the universe, the absolute center of the universe, and everything revolved around the Earth. And so he basically was like, hey, you know, hey, guys, I want you to see this. Come look through the telescope because I want you to see this truth that the Earth isn't, in fact, the center of the universe. That's not the case. And... The Roman Catholic Church had no interest in looking through the telescope and seeing the truth. They didn't want to see it. And in fact, they threw him in prison, and, um, and then they asked him to renounce. He wouldn't renounce, but, and he was in house arrest until the day he died um, um, for basically trying to <laughs> get the church to realize something that they didn't want to see. And so season three is all about getting, I'm having people on the podcast that have had their own Galileo moment that have inspired them to see the truth. And now they are paving the way and being leaders for other people to follow and see, see the truth and see their own Galileo moments. And you know, I had my Galileo moment 
through my father and my father's research and being able to see firsthand what he was able to do showing that heart disease, the number one killer of Americans, is actually a food, a food-created disease. And I saw these before and after angiographic um, uh, films, and I was like, oh, my gosh, the human body is so miraculous. And it is. It, 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 it's a food-created disease. It's just pure and simple, right? And, um, and so that's really what inspired me. So season three, I'm having all these great people. I mean, last week I had Dr. Christy Funk, who's the, um, the breast surgeon that, um, that saw Sheryl Crow and Angelina Jolie. And she just kind of got on board with plant-based about three years ago and wrote a book two years ago that came out called um, um, Breasts, <laughs> The Owner's Manual. And she talks about how it's all about the food, right? I mean, oh my God, if you want to prevent breast cancer, you got to go towards a whole food plant-based diet. Um, and uh, let's see, uh, this week, actually yesterday, I launched uh, a podcast with uh, Lee and Bob Jones from the Chef's Garden, and they run this vegetable farm outside of Cleveland, Ohio. It's probably the Disneyland of 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 vegetable farms. They create the most beautiful, amazing vegetables. And it's been in their family since 1956 um, because they just know the power of vegetables. I mean, they grow uh, between eggplants and cauliflower and broccoli and Swiss chard and collard greens um, and microgreens and, and uh, at, at one point, 150 varieties of sweet potatoes. They have a creme brulee sweet potato. Um, they grow um, vegetables for all the level, all the high-level restaurants around the world, including Disneyland. Um, I mean, this is like you've never seen produce like this in your lives because they realized a long time ago, their father, that um, vegetables are the ticket. Um, so I'll, uh, I'll stop there, but yes, Galileo moments. All right, well, we'll have uh, links for all that stuff in the show notes, all the books and the doctors that you mentioned, and I really feel like this podcast is going to be a Galileo moment for somebody. <laughs> and I'm really grateful that you shared your time with us and, you know, for this community. We're, we're really honored to have you. Yeah. So b before we go, let me ask you guys this. So are you guys into yoga? <laughs> yeah, you think? <laughs> yeah, you think so? <laughs> no, but I don't know because, you know, this yeah. is my first time talking to you guys. How yeah. long have you guys been into yoga? Oh my gosh. I started... Um, in the early 1990s, but it wasn't until about, I think it was my like 39th birthday when I walked into a, a class and I met like my mentor, like the person I was going to train under. And I realized that yoga was so much more than just the poses on the mat. And so I what is have it? really, what is it? It's the science of the mind. And it's ooh, in, that, it, ooh. wow. <laughs> who, wants oh, to, you, who wants to go there? <laughs> <laughs> and talk about a Galileo moment. I mean, I've had so many Galileo moments around that, like seeing the truth, like the truth of who I am, right? Like our power, our worthiness. Um, you know, it's an eight limbed path to really realize who you truly are. And wow. so it's very much the core of how I live and what I teach. Why do you say eight-limbed path? It's because there's eight limbs to yoga. Oh. There's the physical practice. There's the um, these beautiful ethical tenets for living, nonviolence, truthfulness, non-stealing. Oh. There's breath work, concentration. We got to concentrate the mind before we meditate. And then there's meditation. There's control of our senses, right? Sugar, fat, salt. Um, and then um, the super conscious state of um, union, really, with who you truly are. You rattled those off nicely. I put you on the spot a little bit. So, um, and I'm, I know I'm not interviewing you for my podcast right now, but I'm just so intrigued. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, the, um, you know, I did yoga probably three times a week for five years in the mid 1990s. And I absolutely loved it. And I, then I just got out of the practice of doing it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, know how, oh, I know how fantastic I felt when I was doing it and how centered I felt and grounded. So um, 
Yeah, you. So you've inspired me to um, to get back into it. Um, I, I I did like going to a class and having the instructor and having the energy of the other students that were there. Um, so I got to find a nice place in our house to do it and get my computer set up. <laughs> All right. Well, we teach online classes, so you're more you than welcome do. to be we our guest. Yes. What's it yes. called? Yogi triathlete. Yes. Yeah, yogi triathlete <laughs> yoga, and it's really. Uh, you'll see we do a lot of mind training in the class, Breathing. but it's a vinyasa flow, uh, a power flow. So we take you up a mountain, wow. and then we take you right back down the other side. Wow. I, so uh, so I, I go to yogitriathlete.com? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say, I can send you the Im- info. We'd love That'd be we good. do Monday mornings and Thursday afternoons. Is that a yogi elephant behind you? Yeah. Yeah. So the elephant is our logo. It's community, it's endurance, it's loyalty, it's It's plant-based. It's plant-based. Herbivore, mm-hmm. most importantly, yeah. and super strong. Yeah. Um, cool. All right, well, thank you. Thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, this has been awesome, Rip. Thank you. Thanks, Rip. 